0: We are live. Noah Rubin and I are back. It is Monday. We are going through uh, week 16, taking a look at the schedule, taking a look at some dodgy injury reporting, to say the least, touching on Joel Embiid and, and just uh, discussing what teams we trust over the final two months, roughly, of the season uh, for Fantasy Basketball. This is Fantasy Basketball International. This is Balls Deep. Balls okay.
1: Deep. Wow. My do It's coming from below. I think you've become bad. Almost as if something is moving below us. You act a little peculiar and you're an outsider. Perhaps you've always been
0: bad. Uh-huh. We know it's programmed to bring you a live broadcast from the pump and now resurrected Lost Hardy.
1: Don't you, feel it?
0: Brego. welcome to the balls deep podcast part of the fantasy basketball international podcast network I am Adam King at Adam King 91 on Twitter is where you can find me at FBI basketball on Twitter is where you can find us bringing in Noah Rubin fellow FBI uh Noah different backdrop today you're you're uh, away from home you're on the road uh holiday break what, what's what are we doing here
1: yeah, it's actually a work trip for my wife. She's, uh, I guess, kind of at a company meeting because she's in sales, just kind of getting everybody together for a monthly meeting. And it's just happens to be that that is about 10 minutes from my parents' house. So we're just kind of here for a few days, spending some time with family, which is great. But yeah, definitely a little bit of a portable mobile setup, trying to figure it out. I don't know if you saw as the intro was running, I was still adjusting the camera angles a little bit. So we're uh, we're going to roll with it.
0: Yep. Uh, look, we can hear you. We can see you. That's all we need. Uh, hopefully the your Wi-Fi and everything holds out. And uh, well, I'm sure
1: those will be go- better than mine, so that's good. <laughs> okay.
0: All right. So, yeah, look, it's, it's week 16. Uh, as I said, we're just going to touch on a few things for this week. Um, we'll start with the schedule. Everyone wants to know the schedule. Uh, there are a few teams with two games this week. Uh, we haven't had that for a couple of weeks, but we've got Denver – Uh, Minnesota, Portland, and Utah, all with two games. So if you are looking at streaming, I'll preempt that with if you are looking at streaming this week, if you have unlimited waiver moves, absolutely fine. If you only have two or three, do remember that the trade deadline is only a few days away. So it might be a good idea to just tuck at least a couple of those moves in your back pocket just for... Uh, I mean, we haven't had any significant trades yet, but we usually do get a couple, um, two, three days out from the deadline. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a trade in the next day or two. Um, do you agree? Is this a time when we need to just be stashing some of those uh, streaming spots?
1: I just, I can't believe you're saying that the Stephen Adams, Victor Oladipo deal wasn't <laughs> uh, ground shaking in fantasy basketball, but yeah, definitely trying to hold a, a at least a few moves. I mean, I'm in, leagues where it's you know four per week and okay like let me try and hold at least two of them till after the deadline i'm also in leagues where it's make as many moves as you want and it's just about how much you want to use of your your fab budget so i think yes that knowing your league is important there because i remember uh i don't know if it was last year the it may have been even the year before when i was writing uh pickup of the day columns so it must have been last year and saying hey you should stream this guy he had like a two-game week and i had a lot of people say like I can't believe anybody would actually stream. Of course, like they say it a lot meaner than I would actually say (laughs) while describing it, but uh, saying that I was an idiot for saying that you should stream somebody with a two game week. I'm like, sorry, a lot of my uh, leagues, I don't have a limit of four or seven Mm. uh, waiver acquisitions, but obviously there is some, and now I'm playing in some. So yeah, definitely something to consider uh, with those teams that do only have two games this week.
0: Uh, and one of those teams. On, on a side note here, and I, I did the did the industry pickup recap with Mitch Casey yesterday, and we touched on standings and, and uh, matchups and that sort of thing. And I'm I'm barely hanging in. Um, I can see the play in or the the playoffs, but I'm not quite there yet. But I am playing you this week in industry That's pickup, and you you have Joel Embiid. So I'm not sad about that. You also <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns. He only has two games this week. So Gosh. I'm, I'm hoping, um, fingers crossed, that I can pull out a victory over you. Nothing personal, of course, but feel free to rest players. Do whatever you need to do um, if you'd like to do that.
1: Uh, yeah, have to.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll see. I'm, I'm I'm hanging in. I'm hanging in. Uh, so, yes, four games, four teams with two games. Uh, and then we've got, I think it's 16 with three, 10 with four. So, uh, yeah. Is that, I think that's right. I wrote the yeah, article right. last night. So um, so the teams with four this week, we've got Atlanta, Brooklyn, Charlotte, Cleveland, Dallas, Golden State, uh, New Orleans, Philadelphia, Sacramento, and Toronto. So fewer games. We have had a couple of weeks here where we've had a lot of teams with four games, uh, which has made streaming, I don't know, a little harder just because there's so many options. But this week we've actually got, um, yeah, few, few teams with with four and, and most with three in terms of games per night. It's a fairly balanced schedule this week. So usually we've been looking at a, like a 12-game slate and a four-game slate, and obviously you're streaming on the four-game, not on the 12-game uh, this week, it's pretty balanced. As I said, we've got six games tonight, seven tomorrow, seven on Wednesday, nine on Thursday, six on Friday, 11 on Saturday, two on Sunday. So the, the weekend is is obviously not, not balanced. Um, is there a reason why there's only two on Sunday that you know often there's a, something on? Is that Super Bowl?
1: Yeah, it's the Super Bowl, so it'll be two, and I'm assuming afternoon games. I don't think there'll be anything at night. It'll be like a a one or two p.m. and a three thirty yeah. or something. Just be wrapped up really early.
0: Yeah, so if you're looking for to stream on that Sunday, uh, we've got um, Boston at Miami and OKC hosting Sacramento. So they're the the four teams uh, playing on Sunday. If if you are looking that far ahead, but like we said, the, the trade deadline happens on Thursday. So who knows? Like, Who knows what teams are yeah. going to look like? Um, maybe Josh Giddy will be gone. I don't think he will be, but I I would like to see him go somewhere where he can, uh, yeah, get the ball in his hands a little bit more. I, I'm i not confident that'll happen, but that, that's more just me wanting Josh Giddy to play better. Um, yeah. So I sent through some topics. Uh, I just thought we'd start with Joel Embiid. Uh, that's obviously the the hot news, the hot topic. Uh, he is – now, the wording has been pretty weird with this from the team, from Woj, from Shams. They've all been saying different things. The latest from what I could uh, see when I woke up this morning was that they're hoping it's one to two months, but if they go in and they they find that they need to – they can do a full repair, it could be six months. So – I mean this is a torn meniscus and he's, he's they're going in with a view because the two options are you you remove it you clip it and you're back in 4 weeks 6 weeks I don't know my concern there is that if they do that that means it's gone the meniscus is gone and longevity especially for a guy he's so, like he's a he's a big human being he's already had surgery to this knee in the past if they do go in and they think we want you back in four to six weeks, we're just going to do the trim, start rehabbing, get you back. What does that do for his future in the NBA? Like I, I couldn't see this, is this would be an ongoing knee thing that you'd have to manage for the rest of his career basically. And, and probably caps him out at sort of 50 games, um, 55 games, if he's otherwise healthy. And if the NBA stick with this weird 65 game
1: to qualify rule,
0: I find it hard to think that he would actually play enough games ever again to qualify.
1: Yeah. Maybe they'll just to have him qualify, kind of do that thing that a lot of people, maybe not a lot of people, but was kind of suggested might happen this season of, Hey, let's go have him do the tip off and then do a quick foul sub him out, And then he qualified to play the game. Obviously that would mess with averages. You know, it'd just be a whole mess of things to really consider. Uh, but just the other factors to not are a lot uh, that could really impact fantasy this season or long-term. Like you said, I think he's, uh, what is he? 29, maybe he's, he's yeah. close to 30, 28, 29, and already had a number of knee issues early in his career, throughout his career, probably not going to stop anytime soon. It's a lot of factors that they have to consider of, you know, okay, if we do something that takes a little longer, how does that affect our title chances this season where Tyrese Maxey's playing really well and we have a very good team and Joel Embiid's playing some of the best basketball of his career. How, like how much do they weigh that versus the future of, Hey, maybe this guy's already had so many knee injuries that, you know, he's not a guy that we expect to play till he's 38. He's a guy that we probably Mm. see maybe 33, 34, kind of either hitting a wall and really dropping off his play, or just retiring relatively early just because of other injuries. Is this something that we just kind of say, Hey, we have this title window. Let's try and make some moves. to The deadline reload, have him back in a month and stay competitive that way he's healthy for the playoffs. Like what kind of factors are they putting into that as well? So a lot for them to consider, and we're just going to have to kind of wait and see, but I haven't seen, and maybe this is just me, not, looking at the right sources to see it, but much talk of Philadelphia trading for a center. Maybe you've mm-hmm. seen something, but nobody's really suggested that. And I think that, you know, Paul Reed, as long as Embiid's out and they don't have another center option is going to be a, a great guy to stream. Um, I know he looked at the last game he played 15 minutes and then there's reports that he had been sick. Uh, he's probably going to play somewhere 25 to 30 minutes when he's healthy, but could they, trade for another center that's available could they trade for clint capella like this is entirely just me spitballing here no sources i haven't seen anybody say this but the hawks are not you know looking to full-on rebuild i don't think they're in a four-game winning streak which is probably preventing them from selling a little bit the deadline if they keep winning but Kongu has been sitting right there maybe this is just an ideal scenario where both teams kind of benefit because hey They're able to make a Kong with a starter. It's great for fantasy. It's great for his development, but also the 76ers get short-term help just until Embiid gets back, then have another rebounder for behind him. I don't know. That's just a thought that I've kind of had. I'm sure there's other center options out there that they could also trade for in the short term. That would be really good fantasy options, but would also kind of take away from Paul, from Paul Reed being this super streamer that we hope slash think he can be as long as there's no other competition for minutes.
0: So we're not thinking that Mo Bumba is, <laughs> is, pushing, <Goodness. laughs> is pushing Reed for minutes. Well, let's, Maybe. But, uh, I don't think so. I look. Object, yeah. Reed was bad in his last game. Um, word was that he was sick, and that's why he only played fifteen minutes. Um, but if you look at this season as a starter, he's basically a top eighty player in nine cat. Eleven point seven rebounds, two assists, one point one steals, one point three blocks, fifty four from the field uh 60 only 63 from the line he's better than that too he's a, he's more a 72 73% mm-hmm. shooter from the free throw line so i think people just need to temper expectations on on him a bit i think they're expecting if he starts he's get we he should be a this top 50 top 40 player and and that's simply by looking at his per minute stats and and then extrapolating that over 30 minutes and we know that's not what you do um because when you're playing a bigger role. You need to be a little more hesitant on defense maybe because you can't afford to foul as quickly and you get tired, and all sorts of things. So I think if you can stream or, or add a top 80, possibly top 70 guy off the waivers, you, you do it and understand that there are going to be some ups and downs. Um, They will go small at times. So yeah, I think people should just just sort of pump the, the brakes a little bit. Um, if you've got him, hold him. I'm doing that. Um, I'm not really going to consider dropping him unless we see two weeks of him playing 15 minutes and Mo Bumba getting time and then they're playing Nick Batum as a small ball centre. So, yeah, I think... And, and if you've got Embiid, I think... I don't know. Do you hold him? I mean, you, you've got him in industry pick-up. What are you doing with him?
1: I've got him in, I think... So I'm between my dynasty and redraft leagues that I have left. I have him beat in every single one that I'm competitive in. Um, so obviously the dynasty league that doesn't change a thing. But uh, the two redraft leagues that I have left, I'm just gonna let him sit on my IL slash IR, whatever you want to call it, uh, until there's official word of hey he's going to be out for two months. If they're saying hey there's a chance it's four weeks, I'm just gonna hold on to him until like. I'm out of the playoffs. And obviously, at that point, I'm not going to drop him and give him the chance of somebody that's still in the playoffs to get him because that's unethical. But until there's absolute confirmation that there's no chance of him returning, like I'm just going to leave him on the IL spot. I don't have, you know, I guess a lot of guys that I'm looking to move in there that I would just have to drop him. But I guess until there's a fit, because like you said, the most recent timeline we've kind of heard is they're hoping for one to two months and maybe. They go through with the procedure and they're saying, Hey, it's going to be four to six weeks. Okay. Like, just in case my team is still around at that point, I will just kind of hold on to them. But not, you know, I wouldn't drop him yet. But yeah. I guess there probably is some sort of scenario where somebody has like five people that they need to put on their IL spots and they kind of have to drop Embiid in order to bring somebody in just to stay afloat. I could see that happening. But I would just, if possible, just try and hold them around just because of, I mean, just how good he is.
0: So we've got a a couple of questions on Twitter. Um, Are you moving Embiid for Jordan Poole? Uh, Talk about a depressing trade or move. Um, This, I guess, if you're considering this, you're obviously considering Embiid as a drop because you wouldn't be grabbing Poole based on what he's done this season or what we're projecting him to do now. But, rather than just simply dropping him, would you, would you consider just grabbing pool? I mean, we know the upside is there. Um, Is he better than anyone you're likely to find on your waiver wire at the moment?
1: Probably. I mean, I think it is basically the same thing as dropping him and trying to pick somebody up. I dropped Jordan pool earlier in the year in industry pickup after being really disappointed. I think I got him in the fourth round. Um, And He's had a couple of good games since then and a lot of really bad games. So if your idea is to drop and be like, sure, like add Jordan Poole, but it's, this is like just a hilarious question. Could, could you think, look back four months, uh, October, early October before the preseason started, we know Jordan Poole is about to, you know, take over in Washington. Everybody's talking about the Jordan Poole takeover. We're talking about the Jordan Poole takeover. And now telling yourself then, Hey, in four months, somebody's going to ask you if you should trade, Joel Embiid for Jordan Poole you're thinking Jordan Poole is averaging 30 points mm. and five yeah. threes like you're not thinking oh Embiid you know potentially season-ending injury and Jordan Poole is so bad that people are asking hey this guy that might not play basketball again this season should I trade him for Jordan Poole it's just a very funny question but I think that if you're fine dropping Embiid then you might as well trade for Jordan Poole
0: yeah, I think there's enough upside there, and if in a stand, and this is based on standard leagues, I suppose. So you're mm-hmm. looking at sort of top top one twenty, top one thirty uh, players floating around. So yeah, look, I'd I'd be fine with that. Um, so there is one more question, but we'll uh, we'll just move through a couple of the things that I sent you first. Yeah, one being the Grizzlies. Just in general, the Grizzlies. Uh, if you look at their injury report at the moment, it's like. Twice, three times the size of any other team. Is this, are they, they're openly tanking? Like that, I know, like I've been around basketball. Obviously, you've been around basketball. I find it very, very hard to believe that they would coincidentally have all these injuries at the same time to the point where it's keeping guys out of games. Like this, to me, is we're simply just giving up and, we're going to play these guys who most fantasy people have never heard of. Um, and, and it's, look, it's frustrating. And for me, I'm just not touching any Grizzlies for the rest of the season, basically.
1: Yeah, I think that there is, like, I mean, value to be had there, but we there's no guarantee that it's anybody. You know, like, hmm. there's no one player that you're saying, okay, like, everybody's hurt, so this guy's going to go off. Like, there's nobody there that's good enough that you can say, yeah, he's absolutely like a hundred percent sure thing going to put up big numbers. It is like, like we talked about, and we've been talking about this probably like last couple weeks as well, saying like it was January and now it's early February. And this injury report looks like what Portland's has looked in like late March, early April, last couple Mm -hmm. seasons where it was, Hey, they are very, very openly tanking. The fact that they're doing this in early February and late January is just appalling. Like I'm surprised that the league hasn't really said anything at this point, or I'd be, I wouldn't be surprised if sometime maybe in the off season, there's some sort of punishment just because, I mean, sure. Like there is certainly a possibility that everybody is hurt to the point where they can't play in the game. Like that is a possibility, but it just looks mm-hmm. so, so fishy that after John Morant was suspended for a while and now has a season, season ending injury. And Marcus Smart and Desmond Bain also have long-term injuries mm-hmm. that now all of their other rotation players are just like randomly like dropping like flies. So, I mean, I, I, hope that not hope that everybody's actually hurt because that sounds bad, but hope that it's, you know, there's some, I guess, an ethical approach behind it. And it's not that they're openly tanking like this because I'm sure if they openly tank to this level for the rest of the season, there's going to be a lot of teams upset that they didn't do this last year for a chance to get Victor Wembanyama because I'm surprised it's happening this year. in one of the weaker draft classes in recent history, Mm. when it could have happened last year when we were kind of expecting some teams to be like, Hey, it's, it's December, let's go ahead and pull the plug on the season because Wemby's on the line. So it's very interesting. But yeah, no true, I guess, fantasy winner at this point. Maybe after the deadline.
0: Yeah, look, maybe. Um, it's. It, I'm just reading through their their depth chart and injury reports now. So their healthy players, officially, are Luke Kennard, David Roddy, Gigi Jackson, Scotty Pippen, Jacob Gilliard, Tosan Ev of Bumwan, yeah. Matthew Hurt and Trey Jameson. Like these guys, if you looked at at start of the season, who's going to get rotation minutes? Luke Kennard, David Roddy maybe are the only two. The rest are guys yeah. who you wouldn't even consider. Um, and a lot of their injuries now are just soreness. So they're not even labelling them as... Hamstring strain, ankle yeah. sprain, a wrist, like it's just soreness. I don't know that that seems fishy to me, but yeah. Look, I mean, as you said, there's value there because with guys out, there's the people have got to play minutes and do stuff. But knowing who that is from one night to the next is basically impossible, especially with the fact that teams are now ruling guys out an hour before tip-off. They're not even on the injury report. Oh, he's got a headache. He's not playing. So if we can't even trust the injury report, what, what can we do? And, and so that's, that's what I mean where I'm avoiding Memphis because usually you yeah. need to set your line up by a certain point. And, um, yeah, it's – anyway, and speaking of injuries and, and another dodgy team, Charlotte, um, who are renowned for this, LaMelo Ball, you, you sort of mentioned to me when we were off air that he was questionable that first game that he missed in this stint. He was then doubtful, and now he's just doubtful, ruled out every night. Um, is the and and Mark Williams? I mean, at least they've ruled Mark Williams out indefinitely. They haven't sort of indicated he haven't upgraded him to doubtful or anything like that. So he's just out for I don't know insert time here. But is this a shutdown risk? Like, are we worried here with Lamelo that, that they do? I mean. Clifford went on the record uh, talking about the fact that he doesn't think they're playing meaningful games and LaMelo is their future and they need him healthy and that sort of thing. If if we've got LaMelo in fantasy, are we, are we just holding him? Are we looking to trade even though we're going to get sort of kicked in the nuts in terms of value? You're not going to get a top 15 player for him. But do we just need to move him? Because, I don't know, I'm a bit concerned here.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a legit case to be made for totally downgrading in value just to get somebody that's actually going to play basketball games because there definitely is a chance that he doesn't play again the rest of the season. I mean, I hope that he's able to, but they have one of the worst records in the league. Charlotte is not transparent about like timelines for injuries. Like they just they're just not. You mentioned the uh what we had talked about that I think he's missed the last five games. Ahead of the first one, he was yeah. questionable, then out. Then I think the next two or three, he was doubtful then out. And this last one, I think again, uh, for coming into their next game, just straight up. Yeah. Ruled out. So not doubtful, no chance. So it's like, how can you be questionable for the first game? Then five games later, like there's not even a chance of you playing. It's just that lack of transparency is just very frustrating. So not only will you have to deal with the headache of, will he play? Will he not play or how long will he be out? But he just, might not play again. I mean, it's coming up on the trade deadline, two months left of the season. Why would they play him when they have zero chance of making even the play in tournament? So downgrading a few rounds of value and trading Lamelo for that, especially with, um, I know that Charlotte has the, is one of the teams that has like a two game week, Mm -hmm. the same week that a lot of teams or a lot of leagues have their championship. So yeah, I'd have no problem downgrading a little bit by trading a guy that was going in the first round of drafts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's frustrating. Um, as I said, off air as well, I don't have him in any active teams anymore, so I'm not personally invested in this, but it's, uh, yeah, it's a pretty frustrating situation in Charlotte. Um, same could be said for Gordon Hayward. I mean, we haven't heard boo from him or, or what's happening. Um, um, I, I, I just hope, I hope he's traded honestly, because um, I still think he's got a, a bit of gas in the tank there but and, and could really help a contending team but who knows we'll find out in the next five days um a couple of questions i'll bring these up and then we'll get to the next topic i picked up alex caruso this week is that a dumb move with the trade deadline looming uh been going well but if he if he's moved if he is traded he, he's obviously going to be playing a different role um yeah, look. I mean, the Bulls are an interesting one. Levine is obviously done for the season. He's still in trade rumors, but doesn't sound like anyone uh, super keen to grab his contract and, and pick him up. Um, Caruso at the moment is a must-roster player, so I don't think it's a dumb move in terms of picking him up because he's playing well enough to be rostered. Um, and if you if you were if you were sort of I don't know, if you're you're not picking up players because you think they're going to be traded, I wouldn't really recommend that because we don't know. Um, I think Caruso is, if if a team is trading for him, yes, he might not start and play 32 minutes, but you'd be trading for him for a reason. He's a difference maker, especially on the defensive end. So even if he's traded, I think he probably still sees enough minutes to be a borderline sort of fringe top 100 player just based on what he can do on the defensive end. Would you, would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I think he kind of meets the standard of if someone's trading for him, Alex Caruso is not a throw in in a trade. There's rumors that they want an OG and Anobi type package, which probably not going to happen, but somebody would have to give up a good bit in order to bring in Caruso to their team. And he's going to be there to help them win. Like they're not trading whatever it takes to bring him in and play 15 minutes. Like they're probably going to play him 25 to 30. Say if it's a team like the Lakers or the Clippers, like I would imagine he starts on those teams. So he might continue to play, Mm -hmm. you know, 30 minutes per game and he's shooting like seven or eight shots per game. It's not like he's going to get traded somewhere and only see like four, but obviously most of his value is coming from the other things that he does. I don't think that Caruso specifically is a guy that, you know, picking him up is a bad thing because I think Mm -hmm. that, he what what he does in the court, he's gonna be able to provide to the 29 other teams that could trade for him, even though it's only probably like a much shorter list. But he's gonna start, he's gonna play big minutes. And if there is a situation where he's coming off the bench, I 25 minutes per game at least. So he's not yeah. gonna take that much of a hit. And he's been, I think, top 75 this year. So hmm.
0: yeah, yeah, I agree. Um so this was the other question that came in on Twitter. What are we thinking rest of season? Miles, Bridges or Jalen Williams? Paul George or Anthony Edwards. I'm assuming that's Anthony Edwards. Bridges is an interesting one because he he certainly is someone that is rumoured to be on the trade block. Um, with Phoenix uh, pushing hard, it, it sounds like it, this, this has some momentum, this trade. Um, and if he goes to Phoenix, it's Jalen Williams easily. Mm-hmm. If he stays in Charlotte... Uh, and and continues to play the minutes that he's playing, doing what he's doing, I'd probably take him over Jalen Williams. But this is a situation where I do think a trade might come just because I don't think Charlotte view him as sort of a long-term piece. They don't want to keep him, which is interesting because I think he he does have... Really good relationship with LaMelo Ball. They play well together, um, but obviously there's all the off-court stuff, and and so maybe they just want to separate themselves from all of that finally. Uh, so I don't know. Is there a clear one for you? I think I'd probably go Jalen Williams. I think they're close enough that I'd, I'd probably lean him, given the trade rumors.
1: Yeah, I'd pretty easily say Jalen Williams. If a trade to the Suns specifically happens, that's horrible for Miles Bridges' fantasy value he just simply would have to take a back seat on the offensive end and take a huge hit to his value. Um, so then definitely Jalen Williams, if there isn't a trade, there's definitely some sort of shutdown risk for Charlotte. Mm-hmm. I mean, the last time that he played, they were in the play in tournament. That's why I think he played 78 games that season. And last season they were totally out of the play in tournament and obviously he wasn't around. So like, there's definitely a chance that they have him not play the last handful of weeks. As they try and improve their lottery odds. Um, but I guess kind of the reason that I would imagine that they're also trading him outside of the obvious off court factors, which didn't really prevent them from signing him back to a contract, which is, you know, kind of shows what they value. But uh, the fact that I believe he's on a one year deal, just like mid level exception, which uh, I don't know the exact amount that he's making, but a fairly easy contract to move. But also, they'd rather trying to get something out of him, then just let him walk for nothing. Mm. So if they can get some value there, you might as well. Um, So I think that kind of also really helps Jalen Williams uh, with his value, just because they probably don't value Miles Bridges all that much.
0: Uh, And Paul George or Anthony Edwards, is this a a clear cut one
1: for you? I wouldn't say it's clear cut, but I think I would lead Anthony Edwards just because Paul George has started to have this groin issue flare up a little bit. Yep. Obviously, per game value, Paul George is better than Anthony Edwards and has, I guess, kind of better category value all around. But I would imagine Anthony Edwards is a safer option and he's going to provide value in this in the categories that he's really good at, which is, I guess, kind of what you expected when you drafted him. Um I guess unless there's a specific category or two that you need help in that Paul George would be better in such as uh steals or maybe a little bit of an efficient efficiency improvement then sure. Paul George, but Anthony Edwards, I think is the availability there that I imagine will be more. It's, it'll be safer.
0: Yep. Um, all right. A couple more questions. We'll just fly through these uh, on the topic of miles bridges. What do we think his value might be if he goes to Phoenix? Um, He's top. I want to say he's top 40 so far, something in that range. Yeah, top 50. Um, top 50. Uh, I, I mean, I still think he, he'll be a, a viable asset in standard leagues. Like, I think he does enough defensively. He's a pretty good rebounder, good from the free throw line. So I still think that he, he would be someone that needs to be rostered. Uh, top 50, no. Top 80, Maybe top 100, I would say, is probably where I'd have him in that top 100 range with upside to be a top 80 player. Um, and I mean, of course, Durant Beal, like these guys could get injured. We, we might have one or two of them out for a week or two at some point, so there might be little t- like times when he can bump back up to being a top 50 player, but in general, probably top 100. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think top 100's pretty safe i mean he's he still will be able to score i mean that starting lineup will be pretty interesting and have four i would imagine that he starts though they could bring him off the bench but either way still scoring a good bit being able to provide uh rebounds i mean last two weeks he's averaged 1.3 steals and 0.9 blocks as well two and a half threes during that time so i would imagine a little bit of an improvement with his efficiency because he'd be like the fourth scoring option as opposed to the number one scoring option. Uh, So that should help him, and I guess kind of offset a little bit of the drop in production, but I think top 100 safe and top 75 top 80 is probably the best that we'd see.
0: Uh, Head to head points. Who should I drop just in case? I don't know what this is just in case of, um, but I I guess maybe if there's a pickup, but would you consider dropping any of these guys in, in a points league Let's consider that this is just a standard sort of Yahoo ESPN points league. Uh, Akongu, Ayo Desunmu, Josh Hart, Paul Reed, Scoot Henderson. A few interesting names there. Um, Okongwu is going to be the starting centre in Atlanta for the next two weeks, I'd say. Um, Ayo Desunmu has been really good the last two weeks and Levine is not coming back. Josh Hart. Uh, has been good as well since Randall went down. He's been getting rebounds. Uh, Reed, we've talked about him. Scoot Henderson has been playing well uh, in Portland as well. So I don't know. Is there an obvious name here for someone that you'd consider dropping in a points format?
1: I think if I had to choose someone from this list, it would be Josh Hart, just because I feel like his game is better suited for category leagues. DeSumo's been phenomenal, and now that we know Levine's done for the year, I think he should start on – there's also a chance that they make more trades, or I guess start making trades, uh, that would open up even more minutes for him. I saw this morning uh, a DeMar DeRozan trade rumor, so I don't know if that actually has legs, but that could certainly happen and would open up more shots, more minutes. A Okongwu, like you said, I mean, there's a chance Capella gets traded, but even if he doesn't, he's going to start for at least the next couple weeks. Um, Paul Reed, I mean, you have to hold Scoot Henderson last two games has been really good the, the last game he shot bad uh which and then he didn't score much but he had like nine rebounds and eight assists or something was flipped like that so i'm not going to drop him not going to drop paul reed i think josh hart would be the one to drop if i had to choose
0: yeah i think hart would be for me i, I might consider reed in a points format only because i do think uh, that he like in terms of points he he might only get you 10 points, 8 points, but he'll get mm-hmm. 8 or 10 rebounds, 2 blocks, 2 steals. So maybe not – I don't know. I guess I'm not in a lot of points leagues, but I tend to just – I look at who who scores the most here. Like, out of all these players, who are the ones that rely on points? Scoot Henderson, yes. Uh, Ayo Desumu, yes. So I would hold them. Uh, Okongwu, not really a high points guy, but I feel like he could average more points than Paul Reed over the next two weeks. Uh, and, but, and yeah, as you said, Josh Hart might only get you six points, but he'll get 10 rebounds and five assists and two steals. So, probably Hart, maybe Reed. We've um, got a few more questions coming in, which we will get to. But I just, one last thing that we were going to talk about is we've talked about Memphis, we've talked about Charlotte, and obviously, we don't trust either of those teams <laughs> moving forward with injury reporting. Uh, So I thought I'd just quickly fly through the teams and get a yes or no, maybe sort of gauge where we are in terms of our level of trust. So considering that we're uh, basically at the trade deadline, which then flows straight into the All-Star break, and for a lot of leagues, two weeks after that, we're probably into the fantasy playoffs. So we're looking at two months roughly left in the fantasy season which teams, if you're tossing up between player A and player B and they're on two different teams, which teams would we prefer to go with or have more faith that they will be honest, they will play their guys, there's not going to be all this, all this weird stuff going on uh, like we've seen in, in Memphis and Charlotte. So I'll start at the top and go with Atlanta. Um, do we trust Atlanta? I, even though I think their direction is a little bit up in the air, I trust Atlanta. They seem to be fairly honest with their injury reporting and and don't typically rest, guys.
1: Yeah, they don't really rest. I mean, as a fan of the Hawks, it's nice because they're not just like randomly resting players. So yeah, I would trust them. The only iffy player as far as injuries is DeAndre Hunter. But even then, they just had a back-to-back and Quinn Snyder said, hey, we're sitting and with the intention of playing him the second night of the back-to-back. So things like that, I trust the Hawks.
0: Brooklyn, Um, another team that, I look, I mean they've looked better uh, the last couple of games. Ben Simmons is is obviously back, sort of back. Um, do we trust them going forward? I, I'm 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 not too bad with Brooklyn. Like I know that they're not playing well, but they seem to be uh, fairly honest and forthcoming with injuries. And we know Ben Simmons has obviously missed a lot of the season, but he has a big injury history, so. Uh, other than that, I think I think they're pretty good with their injury reporting.
1: Yeah, I trust them. I don't trust any Ben Simmons report. No, that, that's not. It's not his fault. I just think it's the way that he's reported on. I just don't really trust.
0: Yeah, um, Boston. I'm I'm okay with Boston. I think there'll be like we we sort of know Horford is going to miss back to backs. Um, I feel like come March into April, Drew Holiday. Like I think there'll be some rest. I think they they will be because they'll be atop the standings and and wanting mm-hmm. to be healthy for the playoffs. So I think there'll be times when we see Porzingis, True Holiday, Jason Tatum all get the nights off. But I think we'll know ahead of time. They'll they'll put that in. I'm, there's no dodginess there for me from Boston.
1: Yeah, I agree. Sometimes they'll have like Porzingis play one leg of the back to back and Horford play the other. But yeah. I think we kind of know well ahead of time.
0: Yep. Uh, Charlotte, we've talked about them. Chicago uh, are an interesting one. I think there's moves to come here for Chicago, so a little bit hard to know what their roster looks like. But um, but I'm okay with their injury reporting as well. I, I feel like they're a pretty trustworthy team.
1: Yeah, I don't have any issues with anything. I mean, they have a lot of long-term absences, but as far as short-term ones, they're usually – it all seems to be fine. So, uh, Cleveland.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'm okay with Cleveland too.
1: Yeah, same boat. I mean, we've had injuries to Garland and Mobley, but it's been pretty clear about the timeline.
0: Dallas, uh, well, I mean, Luca and Kyrie are both in tonight for for anyone that is keeping Mm -hmm. track there. They they are healthy. Um, Yeah, look, I don't know. I'm not as confident with Dallas as some of these other teams. They're not as bad as Charlotte and and Memphis, but... um, yeah, you know, I'd have them probably in that lower end of of tr- if there was a trust level, I'd have them slightly down towards the back end.
1: Yeah, they haven't been very clear about their star player Dante Exum and how long he's going to be out, and it's very frustrating <laughs> for us as his number one super fan. So yeah, my lower end. Yeah, I had a drop of an industry pickup. It made me really sad.
0: It was uh, Denver. <laughs> I'm fine with Denver.
1: Yeah, no issues yeah. there.
0: <laughs> Detroit. Uh, look, despite Detroit sucking and and not having a great roster, uh, I think they're they're reasonably transparent when it comes to injuries.
1: There was the other day where Cade was probable the entire day, got cleared to play, yeah. and then they flipped him to out after, and it was like an early game. That was very frustrating because I had him in a lineup. But other than that, they've been mostly fine, so I guess kind of middle of the pack.
0: Uh, Golden State. I'd have their middle as well, I think. A little bit of some shenanigans, but not too many.
1: Yeah, they've had a a few long-term absences. but
0: Uh, Houston, obviously, the Tari Eason one has been a little bit up in the air. That's probably the only frustrating one, though. Um, I think other than that, they've been pretty good with their injuries.
1: Yeah, no issues there. Hopefully, we get to see more rookies.
0: Um, A team that surprisingly when i look down their depth chart they actually have a clean injury report at the moment but the paces are, uh despite the fact that they're, they're healthy i i don't know my trust level is not great with them not not necessarily in terms of injuries but also just in terms of their rotation
1: yeah because the other night they had uh was it mcconnell's start and Halliburton off the bench and nimhar didn't see the floor and then for he played last six game, seconds Oh, okay. Well, then, <laughs> bad. apologies. Uh, and then their last game, he was in the starting lineup with Halliburton. So I'm like, yeah. come on, can we just get a little bit of consistency instead of going from starter to not seeing the floor except for six minutes or six seconds, and then back in the starting lineup? It's just weird.
0: And yesterday, Halliburton played 20 minutes and yeah, I want to say 13 seconds um, with and the cutoff for qualifying. You, you sort of touched on it early there that they'll have players who will have the opening tip and then foul and sub out so that they qualify they actually have to play 20 minutes to qualify uh, as a game played so yeah, yeah that if halliburton's only going to play 20 minutes i mean just just don't play him uh clippers yeah i'm pretty good with the clippers i think we know paul George is going to be managed for the next little bit with his injury um but i think they've been pretty good this season.
1: Yeah, it's kind of crazy that the Clippers are have been pretty reasonable as far as their injury mm. reporting because it seemed like for a few seasons there it was very iffy and that a lot of people were questioning them. So, But, yeah, they've been good.
0: Uh, Lakers, well, uh, yeah, no. I mean, LeBron and AD are questionable every night uh, and they have actually started missing some games. So there was a period there where they were questionable, but we just expected them to play. Anthony Davis I think missed two games last week LeBron has missed it feels like he's missing sort of a game a week uh over the last little bit uh so yeah I don't really trust the Lakers
1: they just make a joke out of the injury report and just have LeBron AD questionable every time it's yeah just frustrating for everybody all around even if we kind of expect them to play
0: uh Memphis yeah I don't need to talk about Memphis uh Miami um Yeah, look, uh, Miami are a bit frustrating. Jimmy Butler, I'm always worried. It's why I didn't draft him. I'm always concerned that he's going to miss time. Um, They had a bam, was out for a little while earlier on. Hakez is back. I don't know. They're probably not top of my list, but they're not bottom either.
1: I'd say they're a little bit towards the bottom. I think that over the past, I guess, year and a half, they've had a couple of instances. I know they got fined early last season for bad injury reporting. And then the next day they had literally every single player on the injury report as questionable or something. And I remember that because those blurbs were really annoying to write. Um, But I mean, the other night they had Tyler hero, like get listed as a starter. And then after that, they added him as questionable and had Josh Richardson starting. And then 15 minutes later ruled out Tyler hero. And I think that's more of a one-off thing, but I guess kind of middle, maybe lower middle is where I'd have them.
0: Uh, The box. I think the Bucs are generally pretty good. Giannis, I feel like he's just going to pop on and off injury reports for the rest of his career. Um, Lopez is, is questionable tonight, but it's personal. Um, mm-hmm. So it's nothing to do with injuries or anything like that. So so the Bucks, I think, are fairly transparent.
1: Yeah, I think – I mean, we know that Chris Middleton's going to sit back-to-backs, but yeah, yeah, for the most part, they're fine.
0: Uh, Minnesota. No real issues with Minnesota this season. Yeah, no I issues. think they're, they're actually competing. They want to win, so um, <laughs> they're, they're just going to – yeah, they want their guys out there, so they're going to play them. Uh, Pelicans, eh, probably, yeah. I'd have the Pelicans sort of in that bucket with the heat. Um, not the worst, but far from the best.
1: Yeah, I agree. There's just a number of guys that are always going to have a chance of being on the injury report too.
0: Uh, the Knicks, I don't know, the Knicks to me feel like a team that shouldn't be in this same bucket as the Pelicans, but they sort of are because Grimes has had this this injury that sort of came up. Ananobi, we know Tibbs, if they're playing, that he's going to play them 40 minutes. So there's always that concern that even if they come back and they're healthy, like if, if Ananobi is questionable, I think for tomorrow with his elbow injury, it's not like he's going to come back and they'll ramp him up and he'll play twenty minutes for a couple of games. He'll come back in and play thirty-eight minutes. So mm-hmm. does he re-injure it? and He misses another week. So I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a, a fan of the Knicks and, and the way that they run their rotations.
1: But I do a hundred percent trust it because if someone's hurt, then they must be really hurt for Tom to say, yeah, it's okay for you to not play this game. Because I mean, there was reports that Quentin Grimes, cause he used to be kind of a favorite of Tibbs where they were saying, yeah, we're not going to trade for Donovan Mitchell. If it includes Quentin Grimes, like looking back now, that seems silly, but he kind of fell out of favor with Tibbs. This was just a, a report that I saw. So I don't know if it's true, um, but I think it was like at least a little bit reasonable was that he, since he sat out games in the playoffs because he was hurt, Tibbs kind of lost a little bit of faith in him, which we've kind of seen this season. So it, it kind of adds up, makes sense. But yeah, I think I, for the most part, at least trust the injury report, even if it, you know, the OGN and Obi one has been a little bit frustrating.
0: Uh, OKC, I feel like OKC are okay. I think yeah, um, they're competitive. Jalen so. <laughs> Williams' thing has been lingering, but we knew this. They they said that he's probably going to miss a week or two, mm-hmm. so there were no surprises there. Um, Orlando, shockingly, have been pretty good Um, There's still some dodginess there But they've got a pretty clean uh, team sheet at the moment Um, They're competing The Fultz minutes thing, that's a bit frustrating He's only playing sort of 20 to 25 minutes But um, in terms of injury reporting, I think they've been good
1: Yeah, I think that obviously there's the two guys in Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac that have had a career of injury issues. So if they're a little bit iffy, like I think that's pretty understandable. But the rest of the team, no issues.
0: Uh, Philly, well, yeah. I mean, we know Embiid is is done uh, for the next little bit. Um, I mean, they're pretty good with their injury reporting. It's more that their build, like they've got a lot of old guys there. Uh, like Batum, like Morris, Pat Beverly, who when they're healthy, they're healthy, but they're just never healthy. They always have little things going on. So Philly are a team that I'm probably not, if I'm streaming, it's going to be hard. I think if you've got Maxi or, or Oubre, these guys that are, are locked in and are a little bit younger, they're fine. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. They're a team that I don't really target in fantasy.
1: Yeah, I mean, they don't have a lot of fantasy-friendly guys, so that makes sense. There's only a couple guys that are worth rostering, but they also do have a lot of, like you said, like older guys that are just aging veterans. Little injuries tend to linger a little longer. So, yeah, not a lot of trust, but not the worst. Uh,
0: Phoenix. uh, Look, Phoenix are good. Again, they're going to have some injuries. I'm pretty sure Durant will miss some games here. Beal, Booker is not He's no stranger when it comes to hamstrings and groins and things like that. So, I think there'll be some injuries here, but but they're generally pretty good with their injury reporting.
1: Yeah, I mean, we know they're going to miss games, but no issues.
0: Uh Portland, yeah, I'm probably avoiding Portland.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I don't I don't trust them with what they've done the last two seasons over the last yep. like 3 weeks of the year, so
0: uh I'll skip over because I think San Antonio are probably gonna fall into that bucket as well. Uh, at the moment they've been pretty good, but we saw last season mm-hmm. Devin vassell uh Keldon Johnson these guys they were basically in out in out in out and I think we might see that again um sadly I think Wembenyama will fall into that uh trap as well where they yeah. just start resting him randomly um so yeah, don't really trust them. Uh, but the team in between is Sacramento. Uh, I think I do trust them. They they need to win. They need to keep winning. Um, generally, they're a pretty good team when it comes to injuries. They haven't had a lot of injuries over the last couple of years, so that could flip. I mean, we said the same about Memphis, and <laughs> look at where they are now. Um, but Sacramento, I think, are a fairly fairly honest team.
1: Yeah, and we're far enough into the season where, like, they're not going to pull the plug unless they have – six yeah. injuries all at once that are season ending. But yeah, I mean, there's what four or maybe five guys worth rostering in most leagues. And they're going to be pretty clear about Fox Sabonis, and Keegan Murray. those are the main three guys. Uh,
0: and then the last three teams are actually all probably in the same region when it comes to trustworthiness, Toronto, Utah, Washington, uh, Toronto. Well, uh, I think it's, I'm going to reserve judgment on Toronto until we see what happens at the trade deadline, because I feel like they're a team that might make some moves still. I know they, they acquired Barrett and quickly, but I don't think they're done. Um, Bruce Brown could be on the move. Gary Trent could be on the move. Um, So yeah, I'm probably going to reserve judgment on, on them. Um, Any thoughts from you on Toronto?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just something we have to wait and see what they decide to do at the trade deadline. I think that is kind of the big thing, but yeah, it's kind of hard to say at this point.
0: Utah, Utah are playing better. Uh, they've lost, I know they've lost a couple in the in the last week, but um, better than they were to start the season. But the, their guard rotation is still really weird. They continue to start Chris Dunn, and he plays seven minutes in the first quarter and then doesn't come on basically for the rest of the of the half and does the same in the second half. So he's playing 16 minutes a night, um, which cuts into Keontae George's minutes. Uh, What's happening with Walker Kessler? He's up and down a bit. John Collins has been all right. Uh, We know Sexton has been really good, but I feel like it's going to cool off. He's got to come back to earth. Kelly Alinek is still a really fantasy friendly player, but he's just not getting minutes. So, for me, I know Utah, they're, they're pretty good with their injury reporting, but I'm just not sure what their minutes look like from one week to the next.
1: Yeah, the rotation's been pretty impossible to predict other than predicting that nobody's going to see big minutes except for Markkanen. So, yes, Colin Sexton's been playing re- well, but he's not going to see 30 minutes per game. Even Keontae George, when he was playing well, I mean, or if, with him playing better recently, not going to see 30 minutes per game. So... The injuries, no issues with how they're reporting it, haven't had any issues. But I think it's, like you said, it's the rotation that's the frustrating part.
0: Uh, And Washington, eh, I don't trust Washington. Um, It's a good segue into a question which I saw. Where was it? Um, Sure, there was a Bilal Koulibaly. Yeah, here we go. Is Koulibaly a stash hold in nine cat leagues, Um, even if no one gets traded or moved? Yes, I think he is. Um, He is one of the guys. I I feel like I I have a a decent level of confidence here that he will be starting and playing 32 minutes at some point in the next month.
1: Yeah, I think this is kind of like the the situation that I was saying in Memphis, where there isn't a guy that I'm saying we definitely need to get him because he's going to be better than all the other guys they try and play. That's probably what's going to happen here in Washington. I mean, Kuzma didn't play in their last game and. Koulibaly got to start he he didn't do anything but he started Um, I think that after the trade deadline you know they'll make some moves there and then within the coming weeks like you'll see injuries happen or just guys fall out of the rotation they're going to try and get their top 10 pick some minutes um, along with guys that aren't really part of their future those are the guys are going to probably see minutes over the last few weeks of the season so yeah I think Koulibaly is definitely a guy to stash at this point where that we're this close to the trade deadline might as well.
0: Uh, Hopefully it's not this week because you have him in industry pickup, so I'm hoping that uh, (laughs) that he doesn't play well this week. (laughs) Um, A dynasty question for you. So there's quite a lot of questions here actually, so we'll fly through them before because I've I've actually got to go and do my work. Um, Would you trade Miles Bridges in a dynasty? So how does a potential trade and everything impact his dynasty value for you?
1: Let me see if I can quickly find where I have him ranked. But so the last rankings I did, which were were from last month, I had him at 69. So I think a trade to the Suns obviously limits his value. And I guess the thing to consider is that he still has a one-year contract. That doesn't necessarily mean he's going to re-sign in Phoenix. So it may be a good opportunity if you're interested in trading for him uh, to wait. If a trade to Phoenix happens, okay, great, I'm going to buy low because this summer, if he plays well for the Suns, helps them win games, he'll probably get paid more because he's a talented player to go play for a different team where he's going to have a larger role. So that's probably how I would value him over the next couple of weeks.
0: Uh, is Suggs a stash if Fultz is traded? Well, I think Suggs is still someone that should be rostered. Uh, I know he hasn't he hasn't been as good as he was to open the season. I know that, but I think he had two steals and a block yesterday with some assists and a couple of threes. So I think he's doing enough. Um, So I would say, yeah, look, if you've got him, just hold him. Um, I wouldn't be dropping him. And and if Fultz is traded, uh, then they have been going with Suggs as their point guard uh, with Jonathan Isaac closing games. So yeah, maybe that is something that they're toying with, that idea of playing Suggs as a point guard. I'm, I'm not convinced he is a point guard, but we have he has flashed upside in terms of assists, so yeah, it's something to keep an eye on. So if you've got Suggs, I'd I'd be holding him certainly.
1: Yeah, definitely not going to drop him. <laughs>
0: uh, would you be holding Simmons or Vince? Uh, so Ben Simmons or or Vince Williams here? Who would be your preference? Uh, <laughs> uh, is neither an option? Oh. Uh, I mean Simmons obviously has higher upside I think we, we've but the chances of him getting to that ceiling of 30 minutes a night are, is basically zero. Uh, Vince Williams could easily play 30 minutes a night for the rest of the season, but he's already popping up on the injury report. Uh, so I don't really trust either of them. Um, I don't know is there would you lean one way or the other here?
1: See, it's funny because you were saying that you wouldn't want to hold either. I think I probably would try and hold both if I have the roster spot because I don't. I like Vince Williams Jr. I think he's been awesome this season. Uh, I don't know if he's the level of talent or if they view him as the type of player where, hey, we're going to rest him for the rest of the season because we're trying to lose games. Or if he's young enough that they're saying, hey, let's have him continue to have a lot of run. And I think that that's still in play here, even if he did kind of miss their last game. But Ben Simmons, like you said, he may not play 30 minutes per game, but he's been playing 15 and been awesome. Could he get to 20 minutes per game? I think I'd probably prefer Vince Williams at this point, but if we go a couple more weeks and he's still on every single injury report, then it's like, oh, okay, so this is how it's going to be. And, yeah, probably not either what I feel great about, but I think I would try and hold both.
0: Um. Yeah, so the rest of there's just people answering questions, so that's that's good. Um means we don't well, we've talked about him anyway. Is Hunter a hole in a sixteen team nine cat league? So DeAndre Hunter, uh 14 players. So it's a pretty deep deep league. Sixteen teams, fourteen deep rosters. Um with one IL, one IL. Is Hunter a hold? Uh yeah, look, I think probably in a in a in a league that deep, um, you're looking at I oh, want over 200 players and, and he's a top 200 player for me Um with. Yeah. I mean, he's not obviously he's not super sexy when it comes to fantasy, but he can get you some points, a little bit of defensive stuff. His minutes are ramping back up. So I think he's probably a hold in, in a 16 team.
1: Yeah. I'd say he's a hold. He's been playing like 15 minutes per game since he got back. He's going to sit back to back. So he'll probably get up to 20 and 25 within the next few weeks as far as minutes. So yeah, I'd say he's a hold.
0: Um. Love the podcast great it's nice when people we know that they're listening <laughs> not always the case uh it does sound like you need to get off miles bridges um, if you have Lomelo. yes uh, I would I would certainly if you've got both of those guys I would be looking to get off one of them at least um given what's happening in in Charlotte at the moment uh Caruso did look sore at the end of the last game I feel like he always looks sore but <laughs> yes, he did, and and he is questionable. And this this is the issue with Caruso. It has been his whole career is that he plays three games and then misses two games, and then plays five, misses eight. He's he's always in and out. And I think I think part of that is is just his style of play. Like he's just throwing himself around. He's always banging bodies, and and so that's the risk you take. But I still do think. Um. He needs to be rostered because usually he only misses one or two games, or like it, 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 he doesn't get a lot of long-term injuries. I feel like it's just that he's so sore that he has to have a couple of games off. So I still think that he's, uh, yeah, someone to to roster there. Uh, all right, let me have a look. What have we got? Uh, I'm just finding questions. There's a lot of comments in here, but I don't need to. Pull these up. Uh, drop Suggs or Garrett or Grayson Allen in the Yahoo points league. Uh, well, if it's a standard league, um, you could probably well you could probably consider dropping both. Like I don't think there's a clear drop here. Um, I think both are probably borderline in a points league. Uh, again, my my mind goes to who scores more, uh, and it's probably. Oh, it has been Grayson Allen, but with Phoenix healthy, and if Miles Bridges does come, his points could drop to ten or twelve a game. Suggs is not a big scorer. I don't know. Is there a clear one for you here? I'm...
1: For reference, Grayson Allen is scoring thirteen points per game this season, and Suggs okay. is at twelve point three, so it's not really a difference there.
0: Yeah, okay. uh, Grayson
1: okay. Allen is awesome for category leagues and has been, but I think a lot of that is just efficiency and knocking down a lot of threes. So yep. yeah, not a not a. Definite hold here, not one I'd really prefer in a points league. So,
0: uh, what center should I target in a trade? Hartenstein, Reed, Pertle, or Kessler? Um, yeah, I mean, we don't have all the specifics of the, of the trade or the league here, but in terms of rest of season value, I guess if we're looking at that, I think Hartenstein um, would probably be top of that list. Uh, Kessler is probably bottom just based on the fact that he's playing 17 minutes a night or 19 minutes a night. Uh, And then I'd probably have Reed or Pirtle in the middle. Um, Reed probably has a bit more upside because we don't really know what he's going to do with his minutes. Pirtle, we know exactly what we're getting, but he is just coming back off an injury and the Raptors are a bit sort of in flux in terms of where they're headed. So I don't know. That's probably my order. Would you have a different order
1: i think without considering that toronto could pull the plug on their season at some point i would say like Purtle's is the best fantasy player um well actually kessler probably is and we're not really considering outside factors as far as like minutes go but i feel best about purtle probably down the stretch of the season if toronto full-on pulls the plug then maybe that i mean like that would change the answer but i don't think that I don't think that they're going to full-on bench everybody and outright tank. Like, I think Toronto's – I don't know their exact director off the top of my head, but, like, maybe compete for the play-in for a little bit. Um, but I could see, like, last week or two, like, yeah, injuries. But I think I might actually go Pirtle, uh, Hartenstein, Reed, Kessler.
0: Yeah, okay. Um, if Kuzma gets traded to the Mavs, does his value drop like bridges? His value drops. Um, yes. <laughs> Possibly not as much uh, as as bridges, be, only because Luca and Kyrie are basically it in in Dallas. They have no one else who scores. Uh, Tim Hardaway, I suppose, he, but um, he he should be coming off the bench and does come off the bench. So, yeah, I think I think he he does take a hit. Yes, absolutely.
1: Yeah, just Um, not as much as Bridges because he's going to have two – I mean, at least one generational passer and another good passer in Kyrie as opposed to Miles Bridges going and playing alongside three guys that can average 30 points per game.
0: Um, All right. Getting to the bottom of the list here. Being offered Lillard and Bain for DeJounte and Brandon Miller in a standard nine cap. Yeah. well, I would say yes, definitely. If, if they were all healthy, if all these guys are healthy, it's, right. it's a no-brainer. Um, but they're not. Uh, I don't know. Where are you on Bain? Like, I, I think Bain wants to come back, um, but does he come back? And if he does, is he is he managed rest of season? Dejounte um, still still a, a decent chance to be traded. Brandon Miller is on a real hot streak at the moment. So you're sort of selling high on Brandon Miller. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on this
1: one? I don't think I'd do this. I think I'd prefer to have DeJounte and Brandon Miller because Desmond Bain, if he comes back, like you said, are they going to manage his minutes? Are they going to manage his games? Is he going to come back? I mean, they've already kind of have literally everybody on the injury report. So why would they bring back Desmond Bain uh, for more than just a handful of games and limited minutes? I mean, Maybe that, but I'd rather have the Dejounte and Brandon Miller over what Dame has been this season. Like he hasn't been prime Damian Lillard. Like the numbers still look really, really good, but he just hasn't been. I think shooting the ball as well. Um, Dejounte, you know, for a while there, it seemed like a guarantee he'd be traded, but I actually saw it happen the last three seasons. I think that the Hawks were, you know, considering kind of trading players at the deadline and then went on like a a long win streak, like right before and ended up not doing anything and then losing in the first round. And now they've won four games in a row. So I think that there's a chance that they just hold DeJounte uh, or if they do trade him, trade him somewhere that really, really needs him. So I don't think he's going to take a massive hit in value at the deadline. And like you said, Brandon Miller has been awesome.
0: Yeah. I think probably the only way I'd consider this is if you're sitting at the top of your standings, and so you can take a bit of a risk here um, and and just plug Bain into an IR spot because if he does come back and, and he's healthy, he's a top twenty player, top twenty five yeah. player. So if if he's healthy for the fantasy playoffs, in theory, he could win you your league, but. Um, you'd have to be pretty comfortable at the top of your standings here I think to take that risk um, do we think Drummond would gain value if he left Chicago I don't think so I, I don't think any team is trading for him to be a starter or anything like that um, I mean he only needs twenty-two, twenty-three 23 minutes I think to be a 12 team kind of back-end guy but I don't see anywhere. I, I just don't see him landing anywhere where he plays more than about 15 to 17 minutes.
1: What a Philly trades for him. And they just say him and Paul Reed split the minutes until Embiid gets back. I think that's possible that, yeah, as far as like a situation yeah. that would work, but I don't really see any other situations where it would work like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, yeah. That, that would be interesting. Um, I mean, there's plenty of teams that could use him, uh, that right. could do with a backup center. I mean, I'm probably in this this trade um, sort of space. What we're looking at in the next few days. The one thing I really hope is that OKC get a backup center um, because I think that is the piece they need. They just don't have anyone behind Chet at the moment, and there's a there's a few guys there, and Drummond could be one. Um, I still like Goga Badadze, uh if if they were able to get him as a backup, but We'll see. Um, Yeah. We'll we'll do this show next week and we'll we'll be talking about hopefully a lot of cool trades that happen because I I know there have been years when the trade deadline is just a disappointment. We get all these rumours and all these uh, speculative trades and then nothing actually happens. So I'm I'm hoping that we do get some good ones uh, this year, but we'll see. So I'm going to let you go because I'm already late for work. (laughs) Yeah. You've got stuff to do, I'm sure. Um oh, yeah. you've got to take me later this week or, or not not this week.
1: We'll see. TBD. We'll see. Okay. But we do have uh, the QA tomorrow, uh, over with Roto World, same time. So
0: we do, yes. Yes. So we'll be over on the Roto World uh channel tomorrow doing that. That will do it for today's show. Remember, you can check out all of our content over at fbibasketball.com. Uh Oddly enough, we, our content and, and our activity within the Discord server actually ramps up um, over the next month to two months because of Dynasty. Uh, we obviously have, we have yourself in there. We have Matt Lawson in there. Dynasty ranks will be updated and, and everyone's focus shifts from Redraft into Dynasty. So, um, yeah, look, we'll come over and, and jump into the Discord server because it will be a hive of activity over the next four to six months Um, We are on YouTube. We are on Twitter, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We'd love it if you would subscribe. Give us a thumbs up. Like this video. Like all of our videos. Thanks for listening. Until next time, catch up.
1: You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, Please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.